You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Slip. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today is officially episode 1000. And I'll be honest, that kind of sucks for a lot of reasons. <laughs> this is, it's just, ugh. I feel like I'm waking up and I'm like 10 years old and it's my birthday and it's the day after mommy and daddy told us they just got divorced. This <laughs> is like I don't want to celebrate anything today. There's there are things to celebrate, but man, not only does this kind of suck because the Packers aren't in the Super Bowl, which is what was supposed to happen. The Packers stole fate from us all by uh, you know, again, deciding they didn't feel like playing for a day. I guess they forgot that it's one and done in the playoffs. I don't know. But then we've got everybody's really mad about the, you know, NFL honors and oh, I'm breaking things here. The NFL honors and whatnot, which again, I just I can't force myself to care about that stuff. I'm happy for Aaron Rodgers that he got MVP. I know that adds to his legacy. I just hate that people care. I'm 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 gonna sit here and say we need a better system until the day I'm dead. The system is stupid. There's a better way to say he was the best player in football without having X amount of people sitting around in a room voting that have no idea what they're talking about. A bunch of morons. And if they were sitting here next to me, I'd tell them right to their face. The system is stupid. We, don't, we shouldn't do this by vote. Same with the Hall of Fame. I, I, just, I feel like it's, it's such a tarnished thing, and it's a shame because there are so many special people in football. This isn't just about Packers that should have got in. This isn't about that at all. It's very similar to the Nobel Peace Prize. There are people who have won that and earned that, and they deserve unbelievable praise. And now we just give it away like it's nothing. It's a big joke. And it tarnishes everybody. And now they have nothing. Those people that, that earned a peace prize, the people that are in the Hall of Fame that have changed the game forever, now it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know, this guy is, you know, I guess. Not that these aren't all good football players, but it just, what is what is the criteria? What is the system? Otherwise, we're just kind of blindly going, eh, I don't know, how about this guy? Uh, well, let's put it to a vote. What do you guys think? Well, this guy's my friend. It lowers the bar for everybody. If you lower the bar, it lowers the prestige. And now the people that are in the Hall of Fame that have changed the game forever, the greatest football players of all time, what do they have to be recognized with? MVP honors that mean nothing. Hall of Fame honors that don't mean anything. It's annoying. It's just, it's stupid. Because we don't want, we, we, we don't want to exclude anybody. Well, I don't want to say he wasn't good enough. Obviously, he was very good and he played for like 15 years. We should probably put him in. No. You have to be okay saying, I'm sorry. You don't meet the mark. Have a separate category for you played for a really long time and you played pretty well. Should Eli Manning be in the Hall of Fame? Are we kidding with this? Hall of Fame? Why? What did Eli Manning do? Well, he won a Super Bowl. So what? He played for a long time, and some of the time he played pretty well. That's the standard for Hall of Fame, I guess. And again, Aaron Rodgers deserves MVP. He won MVP. I just don't like how tarnished. And MVP probably isn't that bad. That one's usually... We all pretty much agree for the most part. I mean, maybe there's some disagreement, whatever. But usually, I mean, first of all, we start with the premise that it's going to be a quarterback, and then usually there's one quarterback that just tears it up, so it's it's not that big of a deal. So that one's that one's decent. 
But so many of these other honors are just crazy. And again, the Pro Bowl is, is the biggest joke of all time. Those have to be different people voting because at least the NFL honors, some of that stuff you look at it like, yeah, you know, Derrick Henry, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Justin Herbert, yeah, probably. That Pro Bowl stuff is like, dude, that guy sucked. Like, he straight up sucked. What are you talking about? So I just I just don't like it. I just I could not wait for it to be over. I didn't watch any of it. I just I get I get annoyed by how annoyed everybody gets. Like, are you kidding me? Like, dude, stop caring. Stop. But I get it from the standpoint of of caring for them. They want it really badly. I just wish they didn't care. That's what I wish. I wish they didn't care. But they do, and now we kind of have to go to bat for them. So you you are doing the right thing by wanting your guys to get in because they care. I just want a different system because this whole thing sucks. It's, I don't know why it's so hard to just set bars, just say so you have to do X, Y, and Z. If you haven't done it, you're not good enough. Sorry. doesn't mean you weren't good, just not good enough. But there's no criteria. There's just human beings who probably watched a few games that are like, eh, probably this guy, I don't know. There's apparently a rumor out there. It's not really a rumor. It's a fact. I just didn't think to look it up, so I'm going to call it a rumor. I'll say I don't care to look it up because I could technically do it now, but I'm just I'm not going to. That Ben Roethlisberger got a vote for Comeback Player of the Year. It's, it's that kind of stuff that just... As weird as it is, that tarnishes the whole thing. It's just one guy. It's just one vote. The right guy won the award. What's the big deal? The big deal is it proves the whole system is flawed. It proves the whole system is stupid. Comeback player of the year? What? Okay. But as a result of missing all that, I wake up this morning and I see a bunch of Aaron Rodgers engaged, married stuff, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What is going on right now? Turns out he's engaged, so cool. Not going to make any jokes about it. I'll leave it alone. He's a grown man. He can make his own decisions. I'll, I'll just say this, though. Generally, there's two kinds of friends in the world. There's the friends that support everything you do, and then there's the friends who watch you do stupid things and go, really? You think that's a good idea? I'm the second guy, but I'll leave this one alone. Congrats to Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, this turns out well, and you're happy for the rest of your life, and you continue dominating at football, and uh, your marriage is wonderful whenever that's going to happen. And uh, someday you guys ride off into the sunset together, arm in arm, and hang out with the Dalai Lama and sharks and whatever else you guys do, and it'll be great. See, I'm trying to become that friend, the friend that doesn't actually care and just wants you to feel happy with your decisions. It's liberating. Anyways, moving quickly off of that, that leads us to more, I'm not going to call it bad news, but the Packers did hire their defensive coordinator, and everybody's very mad about it, and there's, if the, there's one thing that's going to make me in a bad mood it's Packers Twitter crying, whining, and complaining, and it just, man, it wears on you. I have to do a better job of staying off of Twitter in moments like this, but, and I feel like I've been, I feel like I've said this a thousand times, but I did a YouTube video on it, and not only that, I've had 7,000 conversations about this already. I want to just summarize this quickly because I don't feel like saying the same thing for the 10,000th time. Nobody is excited about his past. That includes Matt LaFleur. The question is, if we assume he's not a complete idiot and doesn't know about the fact of, of what happened in his past, why did he hire him? This is the question nobody wants to even answer or address. Apparently, the assumption by everybody is Matt LaFleur is just so stupid that he just loves hiring guys that are terrible at football. Nobody even tries to answer the question, why? If you're mad about the hire, answer that question, why did he hire him? If your answer is because he's just so stupid, come on, man. You can't be that dense. Do you think there's a reason? Do you think there's a bunch of reasons? Considering the options that were available, which is hundreds of people around the NFL and college football, 
Why? And please do not give me any nonsense about because they're friends. They're not friends. They barely met each other. Oh, they worked together for like five seconds in, in L.A. So what? Then why not just hire Jerry Gray? They worked together just as long. Why not just keep Mike Pettin? They're friends now. That's such a nonsense thing to say. Well, why didn't you look outward? You mean like Jim Leonard? First of all, if we were to address that, everybody knows everybody in coaching circles. Everybody is just two degrees of separation or less away from somebody else. I've talked about this. Every coach you look up, everybody. I looked up Jim Leonard. He's worked with, with Gray was his defensive coordinator, and Mike Pettin was his defensive coordinator. And that's normal. Every time I look at a coach, oh, he worked with this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. They've all worked together, and if they didn't work together, they worked with somebody that worked with them. So being mad because they met each other, come on. They're not friends. They're not buddies. He didn't hire him because he's his bro. The criteria that I keep seeing is, is getting more and more ridiculous. But again, it's because we can't answer the questions. And I think some people in a vain attempt to try to explain it are coming up with ridiculous things. People are trying to be angry. We understand that his record in the past was not great. So what? What else he got? Well, nothing. That's all we have to go on. Is there more to it than that? Yes. Okay, so what do we know about that? Well, nothing. Okay. So why are you so mad? I've given the example of uh, Don Martindale, and that's just one example. I had somebody tell me yesterday that that doesn't count because he was an internal guy and they got to know him, which is fair. That is a difference, but it's, it's more of a distinction without a difference, in my opinion. Because the question is, is he a good defensive coordinator or just a good linebackers coach? Let me run through it again. He was a linebackers coach for years and years and years. He got into the NFL for the Oakland Raiders in 2004. Inside linebackers, inside linebackers, 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 linebackers. Then he goes to Denver as the linebackers coach. He blows them away. They promote him to defensive coordinator, and the Denver Broncos that year were the worst defense in football. 32nd in points, 32nd in yards, and he gets fired. He's a very good linebackers coach. They got to know him a little bit. They promoted him. It sucked. So then he goes to Baltimore as an inside linebackers coach. He's good. Inside linebackers, inside linebackers, inside linebackers, inside linebackers. 2016, he goes to linebackers, linebackers. They promote him to defensive coordinator. By the way, this isn't even the first time. This happened in Western Kentucky as well. He was a defensive coordinator for a year. He's never been a defensive coordinator for more than a year. He was a defensive coordinator for uh, Western Illinois in 1999. That only lasted for a year before he ended up leaving and going to Western Kentucky to be a special teams coordinator. He was a defensive coordinator in Western Kentucky, and he left. Defensive coordinator for the Broncos. They were horrible. The fact that he's an internal hire doesn't matter. A lot of Packer fans didn't even want an internal hire. Whatever you do, just don't, draft some, don't bring somebody up from the internal ranks. doesn't change anything. The question is, can you take that next step to be a defensive coordinator? And he's failed miserably every time he's tried. They decide to give him another crack. I'm telling you, Packer fans won't admit it because they want to be mad about this and pretend that there's no way this can work. Packer fans would be furious about this. By the way, I don't know that he was a uniquely elite linebackers coach. I mean, he had C.J. Mosley, which, I mean, if you want to give him credit for C.J. Mosley being a good football player, I guess you could, but I think that would be weird. He went to the Jets, by the way, and had his second-best year ever, his first year with the Jets, so I don't know that Don Martindale gets a ton of credit for C.J. Mosley. Outside of Mosley, I don't know that they had very many good linebackers under Martindale. But again, I mean, this is just one example that I found where I looked at it and I said, why? Why hire this guy? What would be the purpose of it? Because his past record as a defensive coordinator had no bearing on why they hired him. 
And so, as I said in the video, that doesn't make him a good defensive coordinator. It just means we don't have the proper information. There's a list of things that, that Matt LaFleur looked at and said that we need to make this defense better. A, B, C, and D. Past record as a defensive coordinator wasn't on the list. He looked at it. He looked at Joe Barry. He said he checks off A, B, C, and D. This is our guy. It really is that simple. The fact that your explanation is that Matt LaFleur is just so stupid because you refuse to acknowledge a very simple reality, not that he can't be wrong, but that that's not the best way to go about doing this, that that's not how anybody hires coaches. It's just you refusing to be anything other than angry because you wanted Jim Leonard or you wanted um, Evero or you wanted Jerry Gray. But again, why? Everything that you like about those guys, Matt LaFleur already knows. So why? Why Barry? The answer to the question, in a broad sense, is because Barry was better. And we look, we've been through this, man. I basically looked at a list of guys when we were looking for a head coach, and I, I was pretty noncommittal because I'd always kind of thought, I don't really know what to think here. But there's one thing I knew for sure. I did not want Matt LaFleur. And my only criteria is that he was in, he was with the Rams, and the Rams were good. He left. Did he make the Rams good, or did McVay make the Rams good? The Rams stayed very good. He went to Tennessee. The Titans' offense got worse the year Matt LaFleur went there. That's the only criteria I had, and I said, what could possibly be the reason to bring him here? He's going to make us worse. Well, that's me being stupid, because that's not how that works. In my defense, I had nothing else to go on. But yeah, the Tennessee Titans, I mean, a bad football team for a very long time. They were 9-7. and seven. Under Mike Malarkey, they had the 19th-ranked offense in football in 2017. 19th. Matt LaFleur shows up 27th in points, 25th in yards. We're supposed to hire that guy? Why? Tell Again, tell me why. Tell me why the Ravens promoted Wink. Tell me why the Packers hired Matt LaFleur. Someone explain to me what the benefit of bringing in Nathaniel Hackett would be. Nathaniel Hackett joined the Jacksonville Jaguars as the quarterback's coach in 2015. They were 14th that year on, on offense with Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator, Gus Bradley as the head coach. The very next year, 2016, Nathaniel Hackett gets promoted. But I'm assuming halfway through the season, Greg Olson gets fired, Nathaniel Hackett gets promoted. They're 25th that year. 2017 is the year they catch fire. They're 5th on offense, 2nd on defense. Oh, boy, that's amazing, right? 2018, the year before we bring him on, the offense falls to 31st. Second worst offense in football, and that's the year we, we hire him. By the way, the offensive scheme was Air Coriel. It's not even the same scheme. 31st ranked offense in football, different style of offense. What the heck are we doing? Sean McDermott, one of the most loved coaches in football. He was a defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Their defense was ranked 26th the year before he got hired as the head coach. Why hire him? 26th ranked defense. They hired him to be the head coach. What has he ever done? Guy's a loser. I mean, I'm literally not skipping anyone. Everybody that comes to mind, I'm just looking at their records. Just first person off the top of my head. I thought, well, Buffalo's been doing great. What about McDermott? Even Baltimore. When they offered John Harbaugh an extension after that year that they got knocked out of the playoffs when um, it was Lamar's first year, he looked as bad as I've ever seen a quarterback look in my entire life in that first playoff, in that, that one playoff game that got knocked out of. After that game, they offered John Harbaugh an extension. I laughed hysterically and said that this is the dumbest organization in history. John Harbaugh has been terrible. 
Why in the world did they extend him? I don't know. I really don't. The Ravens hadn't done jack squat. I felt like they could do better. Turns out, was a pretty good decision. Since they did that, they've been a good football team. Not prior to, but since then. Well, he's been an established coach for a long time. So what? So is Mike McCarthy. They were 9-7 and seven the year before. They get a brand new quarterback. They go 10-6 and six and get embarrassed in the playoffs. I mean, the guy, the, this team has just done nothing. They gave him an extension, and I just I could not think anything in the world was funnier. Worked out, though. I can't see the reason they did it. I couldn't see it from where I am. I'm just looking at statistics. No idea why they did it, but it was a good decision. On the flip side, Mike Pettin. There is no better resume for defensive coordinator, which is the, the, the most... Fu- the funniest thing on earth is that if you look at the criteria Packer fans are mad about, in other words, the criteria that causes them to be mad about Joe Barry, if you look based on just that criteria, the... Uh, Matt LaFleur was a bad hire. Nathaniel Hackett was a bad hire. Mike Pettin was a great hire. It's exactly the opposite. Matt Nagy was an amazing hire. Why? Well, he's the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. I mean, duh. That just automatically makes you great. Kevin Stefanski. People literally were, were laughing hysterically. I actually said that would be a great hire. I said on this podcast that the one guy that I would love to get is Kevin Stefanski. Especially for Cleveland, I thought that would be great because it's it's very similar to the system that we run. It's very simplistic. It takes a lot of weight off of uh, Baker Mayfield's plate, opens things up schematically. But everybody thought that that was a big, fat joke. Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator, and he's not even the guy pulling the strings, man. It's Gary Kubiak. He's the one running this offense. Stefanski's just some punk. John Filippo was the guy. He gets shipped off. We, we put Kevin Stefanski in the spot, but we all know Gary Kubiak's the guy, and then what, he gets a head coaching job after one? That's so ridiculous. He won Coach of the Year. How about Matt Patricia? Most people thought it wasn't going to work out, but why? Wait a minute, why? Look at the New England defenses. How could that possibly fail? He's a defensive genius. Well, people that leave New England don't usually do well. First of all, that's not true, but second of all, why is that the case? Because I thought we just looked at records. I thought you just looked at records, and then that tells you everything you need to know about a coach. What happened to that theory? Suddenly there's more to it than that? That's interesting. Tell me more about that. Because the Patriots' defense has been pretty dominant for quite a long time. Um, I mean, 2017, the year before he got hired, fifth best defense. The year before that, number one defense in football. I mean, he's got quite a resume here. So tell me about why he gets the job and it was a bad decision. Again, this doesn't make Joe Barry good. It just means that the criteria you're using to cause yourself to be angry is nonsense. It's nonsense. Yes, it would be nice to have some kind of a track record to look at and say, gee, you know, he went there and everything got better. And then he went there and everything got better. So that that makes me feel good that when he comes here, everything's going to get better. But that's not how it works. And so let's look at Joe Barry. Everybody's mad because he had the 32nd ranked defense based on points, in the league when he was the Lions' defensive coordinator. That's true. It was already 30th in points and 28th in yards before the year before he got there. So it's the worst defense in football in his first year. It's the worst defense in football in his second year. And then the year after he leaves, guess what? 32nd in points, 32nd in yards. That's with Jim Schwartz as the head coach and uh, Gunther Cunningham as the defensive coordinator. But Jim Schwartz is a defensive genius. If we had hired Jim Schwartz, everybody would be through the roof. Wait a minute. He's the head coach of this team. They're the 32nd-ranked defense in football. It didn't get any better. The point is, it's a bad football team. 
It's true he didn't make it better, but there, there's sort of an upper limit of what you're able to do. You take the best coaches in all of football. Let, let, let's use this as an example. Let's say that um, Jim Leonard is like the next great defensive mind. Let's just say that he is. Do you think he could just bring up that Wisconsin defense? I mean, those literal players, bring them up and make them win football games. Absolutely not. They're not good enough football players. So if you have an NFL team stacked with garbage talent because your GM is a joke and doesn't know how to draft or de- and your coaches don't know how to develop, and your job is to come in, deal with this pile of garbage, and make them a good football team, there's kind of a limit to what you're able to do. Not to mention the head coach was Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli is a defensive guy. So when you're the defensive coordinator and you have a defensive head coach, it's really the head coach that's kind of in charge of it, right? It's kind of like with our system, Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator, but there's no question Matt LaFleur is the guy. He's the guy structuring the offense. The defensive coordinator with an offensive head coach kind of takes control of that situation. This is now his defense. Mike Pettin ran that defense. Nathaniel Hackett is the number two on offense. If it's a defensive head coach, the defensive coordinator is the number two. The offensive coordinator is in charge of the offense. That's generally how it works. There's varying degrees of how much control a person has, but he wasn't the top guy. Marinelli, Rod Marinelli was in charge of that Lions defense. And so, yeah, they both got dropped in the middle of a garbage situation. They didn't make it better. Aw, shucks. Then you've got the Washington football team. Jay Gruden is the head coach. Sean McVay, right? We know about this team. This is 2014 is, uh, so if we back this up historically, because, again, this is how it all works in terms of everybody knows everybody. 2013 is Mike Shanahan is in charge. Kyle Shanahan is the offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt LaFleur is a quarterback coach. Sean McVay is the uh, tight ends coach. 2014 was, was when everybody gets fired. Jay Gruden comes in, decides to keep Sean McVay, upgrade him to offensive coordinator. Jim Hazlitt is the defensive coordinator. The team is 29th on defense, and they look at it and go, you know what, this guy is not very good. This defense is terrible. Let's find somebody else. Jim Hazlitt, by the way, was a holdover, kind of similar to Mike Pettin. Our head coach didn't pick Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin was already here. So we decided to hold him over. It didn't work. They fired him, and they got their own guy. Who's the guy that they decided to get in uh, 2015? They decided to get Joe Barry. They go from 29th to 17th that first year. Jay Gruden is an offensive guy. So when Joe Barry got this job, he's not the number two. This is his defense. He takes the 29th-ranked defense, one of the worst defenses in all of football. Jay Gruden calls him up, says, I want you to take control of this thing, and it's your baby. You run this thing. They go from 29th to 17th in one year. The next year, still 19th, didn't really get better, didn't get all that much worse, basically the same defense, could have been better, could have been worse, whatever. The next year they decide, eh, that's not good enough. Jay Gruden fires him, brings in Greg uh, Minuski, and they drop all the way to 27th. So it's interesting. The talent on this defense seems to be about 27th. Remember, they were 27th when he showed up, or was it 29th? Somewhere, somewhere in the real high 20s. He shows up, gets it down below, in, in, in other words, a top 20 defense. He leaves, they go back to barely top 30. I view that as being impressive. Nobody else could do what he did, right? They had a defensive coordinator, one of the worst defenses in football. He shows up, they're top 20. And, and again, there's only so much you can do given the talent that's there. Seems to me he did a pretty good job because, again, as soon as he left, one of the worst defenses in football all over again. The next year they had a decent year, uh, 15th, but then the year after that in 2019, 27th. Then they get my boy Jack Del Rio, and they're the fourth best defense in football. (laughs) I told you, man. 
Del Rio. But again, the, the other thing is that the, there's constant turnover, right? They also just got Chase Young, which kind of changes the dynamic of a defense. And you have Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. So we've got a whole bunch of defensive firepower here. So the, we don't know anything. The only thing we really know is that people really, really, really like Joe Barry. There was an article that was published recently. I don't exactly remember who wrote it, one of the big Packers guys. But um, the comment that was made to him was that he's stunned the guy hasn't gotten head coaching opportunities. And the reason is because it hasn't gone well as a defensive defensive coach. But the point is he's really, really liked. He's clearly brilliant. He's one of those guys where it's like you, you can tell just by the titles that they keep trying to push him up, but it just keeps going poorly. Right? He gets he gets he picks bad opportunities. Going to Washington, which is one of the most poorly run organizations, with Jay Gruden and that whole nightmare over there. They don't know how to draft. They don't know how to bring in any talent. The same with Detroit. He he ends up and that's the thing. You work so hard, you do such a great job, you finally get an opportunity, and it's with a terrible organization like the Lions and Washington, which are two of probably the top four worst run teams in all of football. The odds of you actually being able to get the talent that you need in that building to make it, and plus to be a team that actually is promising to commit to you. When you come on, you want to say, especially when you're really bad, this is going to take time. I need to get the right guys in the building. That's going to take at least a year. You don't have any talent. We're going to have to not only draft talent, but but I need we need the right guys. we got to ship some of these guys out. They're not going to work. we got to bring guys in through free agency. we got to do all this stuff. Having people actually commit to you, especially in these kinds of organizations where they don't care, man. They just care about selling tickets. They'll hire and fire people left and right. They're not willing to commit. Having somebody come in and say, look, I, I want to come in, but I need like three, four, five years to get this thing really turned around like they did with, um, like I mentioned, with uh, Fangio. Year one, not good. Year two, not good. Year three, not great. Year four, whoa, getting pretty good. I think it was like year five, best defense in football. It took him five years to rebuild that team. You you take Joe Barry, you put him on the worst defense in football, you give him two years to fix it with an incompetent GM that doesn't know how to go get talent. So remember, they hire the guy, right? So he comes in, he's like, all right, I need a lot of help. We, 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 if we're going to get this thing turned around, I need tons of help. So in 2007, his first year, who do they draft? Calvin Johnson followed by Drew Stanton. The first defensive piece that he gets is Ikeka Alama Francis, defensive end, followed by Gerald Alexander, DB. Then A.J. Davis, DB. I don't know who these people are. Didn't work out very well, though. In 2008, hey, we need some help. You didn't get me anyone until uh, Ikeka Alama, and he's not very good. Need some more help here, man. The first round, they get Gosder Chirillis, tackle, followed by Jordan Deason, Linebacker. I don't know who these human beings are. In the third round, they got Andre Flulin, defensive tackle. Then in, in the third round, they got Cliff Averill. So that's something. But again, I just, you know, I don't know. There's there's nothing here. They don't know what they're doing. So th this is, and again, they're, they, they've been pushing this guy up. You know, he gets a defensive coordinator job. They bring him back as a linebacker's coach. They try him again as a defensive coordinator because they, they know there's something here. The guys that know what they're doing, they're interviewing the guy. They're like, this is the guy, man. They know. Then the Rams, they, they make him an assistant head coach slash linebacker's coach. Again, they give him that title. There's something there. There's clearly something missing because the Rams didn't hire him as their, their defensive coordinator. They didn't think he was the right guy. Right after Wade left, they could have brought up, brought up Joe Barry, made him the guy. But again, I don't even know... If that's a better or worse thing, maybe it's it has to do with the fact that Sean McVay wanted him to stay his assistant head coach, right? That's a valuable position to Sean McVay. 
and the fact that they they're he's kind of being trained up in that capacity to help me with my head coaching responsibilities. I don't know if that's an upgrade or a downgrade to be a defensive coordinator. I know it's not as flashy of a title as defensive coordinator. Probably doesn't pay as much. But again, Sean doesn't really care about all that. It's sort of like on a football team, how do you get the best 11 on the field? Brandon Staley and Joe Barry is your assistant head coach, or do you lose your assistant head coach and make him the defensive coordinator and then either bring somebody else in as an assistant head coach or just don't have one? What's the best possible alignment of this team? So I don't know. I don't know what this means. I don't know if he's going to be any good. And yes, there is cause for concern. Why didn't you make the Lions elite? Why didn't you make Washington elite? Why don't we have a, you know, a, a trail of elite linebackers just, just following you everywhere you go? You make these great linebackers. I can't really find any outside of uh, you know, Corey Littleton, which interestingly enough, Corey Littleton was quite good, right? And it, it took a while for him to get there. Um, he was bad in 2016. He was average in 2017. He was decent in 2018. He was very good in 2019. Then he became his free agent. The Raiders jump all over it, right? Oh, man, this guy's so good. we got to go get him. He had the worst year of his entire career for the Raiders in 2020. So clearly this is not a guy similar to C.J. Mosley who's just a good football player no matter where he goes. Right? He came into the league at like a 75, talking about PFF grade, right? Just good. Corey Littleton did not. Undrafted free agent 473 speed out of Washington. No, he took some training, and he got some training by our new defensive coordinator but clearly this is not just natural talent because again it took him four years to get to become a good linebacker he goes to a different team with a different defensive coordinator different linebackers coach different scheme and he is really really bad I'm talking really bad in 2019 the guy had two interceptions and seven pass breakups in 2020 he had zero interceptions and zero pass breakups just to give you one example of the difference (laughs) In 2019, with uh, the Rams, he had one missed tackle. The entire year, one missed tackle. For the uh, Raiders, he had 14 missed tackles. He didn't have a great year. So all I can really do is, is do what I've done all along and just try to ask you to trust what's going on here. As I've said a thousand times, the offseason is when we just pr- play pretend. We just play make-believe that everything that happens is going to make us much better. We're choosing not, and this is a choice. This is not you being rational. This is not you being analytical. I promise you it's not. Because if you being analytical means you looked up how good the record was for two years and it wasn't number one, therefore he's a bad defensive coordinator, I promise you, you don't want to go around telling people that's you being analytical. That doesn't look very good. Don't do that. I tried that. I tried that with Matt LaFleur. I looked like an idiot. That's not analytical. That's like trying to figure out what a puzzle is based on one puzzle piece. Just put the stupid puzzle together and let's figure out what this thing is, okay? Let's go Let's go with that. We got people picking up two pieces of a puzzle going, Oh, they don't go together. This is stupid. This is, fa- this is, I, can, I see the picture. It's, the picture is failure. That's what the picture is. I can see it already. See this little black streak? That looks like the corner of an F for failure. Could also be an S for suck. I'm not really sure, but it's definitely one of those two things. Dude, just come on. By the way, um, final note here, and I didn't necessarily get confirmation, and there was a whole lot of information given to me by uh, Mr. Coach Hahn or given to us in our uh, Discord chat. About 2% of it I actually understood. But it, it does seem, first of all, the fact that he is a linebacker's coach, 
But also, according to Coach, there does seem to be a lot of strain put on linebackers in this defensive scheme, as well as the strong safety, which whoever that is, I don't exactly know. There seems to be some alternating opinions on that. But we have some pretty good safeties, so I don't mind leaning on the safeties. But I I do tend to think there is a possibility that a linebacker could be a higher priority. Because again, at the end of the day, it's not just the Green Bay Packers' philosophy is that linebackers are stupid. The question is, we have a defensive coordinator. What do you need to make your defense work? If he says a linebacker, I don't care what you've done historically. Your job now is to get him a linebacker. Not at all cost. I mean, it has to be a good value, but you need to talk with him, find out what style of linebacker he's looking for, and go from there. I don't have answers on that necessarily, but we can look at guys like, for example, Corey Littleton, other guys that had been successful in that defense and try to ascertain what exactly um, would be needed and necessary look at draft picks, whatever, whatever. But again, this is the kind of exciting things we need to move on to. Not sit here and pout about this isn't a good hire based on this corner of a puzzle. We don't know. It would have been great to get a guy that had a good defense one year. But again, usually when that happens, they have good players. Find me the defensive coordinator that had a number one defense with terrible players. Usually the defense is pretty decent when they showed up. And it's also pretty decent when they left. Maybe it gets worse, Better or worse, that's true. Similar to what happened in Washington when he took that job. It got a lot better, and then he left, and it got worse. But it is true that, you know, it wasn't number one or anything, so I guess we can cry about it. Again, the point is the criteria is just a flawed criteria. It doesn't work. That's not how that works. So, anyways, we got to take a break. Um, Again, if you'd like to support the podcast, the best way to do so would be to share it with uh, people that you know, people that you like, et cetera, et cetera. You can also do so directly. There is patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. There is uh, Venmo and a few other things. You can check all the links in the description, whatever, whatever. I also had another thought, but let's save it until after the break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So the thought that I had, I had somebody reach out because I had told you yesterday, look, just tell me why it's so hard to get people to do things. <laughs> And the response that I got, more or less, a lot of the time was just, you know, I don't know. It's I, I don't think to go look for it, or I got other stuff going on. Like, I want to do it, and then I just kind of forget, and I don't know. I don't know where to look. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And so I asked the couple people that reached out to me if this would be helpful, and they all said yes. So I'm, I'm going to pose it to you all as a group, and you let me know. Would it be beneficial to have text alerts for the show? And what I'd want to do is separate out different things. 
so that you're not just getting constant texts about nonsense. And I don't want to be sending out stuff all the time anyways, especially since most of these services are pay per send, so I want to keep it minimum. But for example, if we're doing a draft and you want to be notified, what, no, what is the word? Notified, not notivated. Although I would, I would be looking to notivate you through these text messages with words of much encouragement. But you could sign up specifically for, just tell me when you're doing a draft. And you, it, it, when the link is generated, it gets sent out. Or whenever I decide to send it out, it gets sent out. If there is some kind of a giveaway, anything like that, you sign up for it, you'll get a text message. Uh, possibly when there's a new episode, although I don't think you would need that. You could set up notifications for whatever. But we could try it. I don't know. If you think it'd be helpful, we could do that. Maybe you don't have notifications for the podcast and you just want a reminder, hey, there's a podcast today. Just a thought. It was just a thought I had. Any kind of big announcements, whatever, because everything is the I guess the general theme is I wish there was a centralized location. And I mean, there could be a centralized location. The problem is different people are in different places and I want to make sure I reach everybody. So there isn't technically a centralized location. But if you're in a location, it should be getting to you. But the the thought just popped into my head. Well, if there were that's sort of the biggest like guarantee, because if I throw it on Facebook, it just matters if you're on Facebook and if you happen to see it, right? As you're scrolling through, oh, look, here's something that's happening today. If you get a text, it's a text. You're going to see it. Everything else can kind of get lost in the shuffle, right? I throw it up on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter or if you don't have the notifications for my stuff or any of that other stuff, you're just not probably not going to see it. So I think for some people, not everybody, but for some people that I think could be beneficial, we've got a lot of people that don't use Facebook or Twitter or a lot of these other things, but you've got a cell phone. So let me know if that would be helpful. I'll continue looking into it. It's another thing I'm probably going to have to pay for, but if it'll help get stuff done that needs to get done, let's do it. But again, it's going to need to be a decent chunk of people reaching out somehow using technology to let me know that you want to do this. But uh, let me know and we'll get it figured out. I might just try it and uh, see how it goes and cancel it if it's no good. But uh, I guess we kind of have to talk about a Super Bowl that's happening today. I don't really want to. don't even really want to watch it. To be honest, if my son wasn't so gung-ho about it, I probably wouldn't watch it. That or I would do like a live stream or something. I don't know. I just I just don't really care. It does, it does, I don't feel like I'm being bitter. I just I don't think I really care about the Super Bowl most years, if I'm being completely honest. Most of the time, it's just kind of another game, just with more fluff that I don't care about. You know, there's a halftime show that's going to be stupid. And there's going to be commercials, which honestly, I don't think are even funny anymore. Every year it's like, oh man, I love the commercials. And I don't. And I don't even think it's that the commercials got worse. I just think there's so much else out there. You know what I mean? Like I can flip through TikTok and find 15 things that are funnier in a matter of 10 minutes than I'm going to find on a Super Bowl halftime show. Back in the day, like you, there was no YouTube. There was no TikTok. There was no Twitter. There was not just a barrage of amazingly entertaining things 24-7. So when the Budweiser Frogs came out, I was like, dude, that's awesome. Now if there's a commercial like Budweiser Frogs, and, and their commercials are probably better now than they were back then, I just don't think they're very entertaining. Plus, they're getting all preachy now. You know, it's like, oh, we don't want to be funny. We want to send a message that changes the world. Which, translation, we don't actually care about the world. We just want you to think we do so that we get more of your money. But whatever. It's just, it's boring. I don't care. It's funny listening to Dara talk about it. And he was actually saying that, uh, you know, out overseas... This is the one that if, if people that don't watch football are going to watch, they're going to watch the Super Bowl. And, and he thinks it's kind of a negative because most people in, you know, Ireland, England, wherever, you know, France, whatever, if this is the one they watch, they're looking at it like, dude, this is like, a, where is the game? There's so much nonsense in here. There's commercials constantly. There's these big shows and all this stuff. Like, 
this isn't even a sport. This is just a bunch of nonsense. It's like he thinks it's somewhat of a detriment because a lot of people watch it and they're like, I don't know, it was just a whole lot of commercials. It seems kind of stupid. And he's like, no, I promise. It's not like that all the time. It's just this one annoying thing called the Super Bowl where they do that. So I don't know. I just don't generally get into it. I, I want the Packers to be in it. Going to be awesome. I'll check it out to see if there's anything interesting. But um, I don't know. I just I don't super get into it. Which I think is kind of a personality thing. I just, I don't get into New Year's because so what? It's just another day. Episode 1000 is just another episode. Birthday is just another day. Like, I just, I can't get into, like, fake things like that. <laughs> I just, like, today's special because we, we decided it was. Like, nah, it's not. It's literally 15 below outside, I promise you. Today is not special. I'm actually just excited for it to be over because then we are officially in off-season mode. Everything turns over to the draft and free agency. That's what everything is. Everybody can stop worrying about the stupid Super Bowl and move on. But I guess let's talk about it. Ready? I want the Chiefs to win. And I kind of feel guilty about it because I feel like I'm being sort of a petulant child just not wanting Tom Brady to win. I don't think it's... I mean, if, in any other circumstance, I would be a giant Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I mean, I know they, the Buccaneers beat the Packers, so that also adds a little bit of sting to it. But I don't. I really don't even care about that. That's just, you know, they got to do what they got to do. I got to. We got to do what we got to do. But the Buccaneers have been largely irrelevant since forever. They're exactly the kind of team that I want to win Super Bowls because I want Super Bowls to be more interesting. The reason they're not interesting, which always blows my mind, I always hear about, you know, the NFL wants there to be these superstars. They want there to be teams that win every year and dynasties. It's like, why? Why does the NFL want that? We don't want that. And if we don't want that, why do you want that? We're all tired of these teams winning the, sa the same thing every year. Nobody wants the Chiefs to win every year except Chiefs, Chiefs fans. Everybody tunes in to watch their team do well. So I just, I, I have a hard time buying the idea that the NFL just wants, they want the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. I'm not saying it's not true. I just don't understand the logic if it is true. I can't tell you how many people have said I'm not watching this anymore because of the Patriots won every year. Like, I just, this is stupid. It's boring. What, what is the point? What are we getting all excited for? Just to see who's going to lose to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And now Tom Brady's back in the frickin' Super Bowl. I just, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. You just feel like you invest so much time, and it's the same thing every year, so that this guy can get another Super Bowl. How many great players and great teams have been denied Super Bowls because of Tom Brady? And look, yeah, good for him. Again, I'm, I, I get that I'm being whiny. Well, just be better and beat him. Yeah, totally. I'm just saying from an entertainment standpoint, it, it takes away from it. It's not entertaining to watch the same guy win every year. And look, I, I mean, this is... I was thinking about it, as ridiculous as it sounds, this might be the most important Super Bowl for Tom Brady. Because football is a team sport, and this guy's been getting knocked. I mean, everybody acknowledges he's good, but to varying degrees. But he's always been get gotten knocked because he's always played for the same team and he's always had this great coach. If he leaves and goes to a team that was not good and wins a Super Bowl in his first year with this new team, there's no more denying. It's 100% over. Greatest of all time, nobody will ever be better, ever. Doesn't matter that he can't do what Aaron Rodgers and, and Pat Mahomes do. None of that matters. If he wins this game, it's over. And the absolute best thing he can do is win the Super Bowl and retire. And I'll tell you what, if, if that's what's going to happen, which I doubt, but if that were to happen, I would be the biggest Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan in the world. Take your stupid Super Bowl. Get out of the league forever, please. Then we can just worry about Pat Mahomes winning every year. But the absolute, I mean, outside of Lions, Vikings, and Bears, the absolute worst possible Super Bowl was Buccaneers and Chiefs. Absolute worst. By the way, best possible Super Bowl, which makes this even more stingy, would have been Buffalo Bills and Packers. If you would have asked me before the season started, what would be your favorite matchup for the Super Bowl? I would have told you Buff Buffalo Bills 
and Packers, and both of those teams should have won. I mean, we, we were sitting there with the final four teams saying it's it's this could be the best possible case or the worst possible case, and the worst thing happened. Tom Brady versus the Chiefs. I'm not saying Tampa because I don't have anything against Tampa, aside from the fact that they're the team that – and that does make it a lot worse, man. There's always that one team that just has our number and just kicks the living daylights out of us, and that team keeps going to the Super Bowl every year, and that really rubs me the wrong way. And the fact that Tom Brady was at the head of that, ugh. So, yes, I am going to be rooting for the Chiefs. I think I just dislike them more than I dislike Tom Brady. Not that I, And I have no reason to dislike Tom Brady. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of the stupid Tom Brady fans talking about him all the time. I'm just, I'm exhausted with it. All this stuff happens for what? For no reason. It's a waste of time. For 20 years, the guy has just dominated football. I'm over it, dude. It's time to move on. Okay, we get it. You're the best ever. Great. Please stop. I've invested decades into football, and it's been for nothing. It's been a complete waste of time because it just goes to you again, and to you again, and you again, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. It's Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. I'm tired of it. Shut up. Go away. And again, we're probably going to get that with Pat Mahomes. Probably. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. It doesn't matter what happens to the rest of that team. It doesn't matter if they have good receivers, bad receivers, good offensive line, bad offensive line. Those two are just going to do very well. The best case scenario that we can hope for is that they do such a bad job with their GM, which I think is going to happen. I don't think they have a good GM at all. I don't think they've done a good job of bringing in talent. The best thing that could possibly happen is they become the Seahawks, where it's just the coach and quarterback and everything else falls apart. And they're good, but they can't quite get over the hump. That's what I'm hoping for. Not really counting on it, but I'm hoping for so I don't know. Again, if if I were a better person, I would probably say, you know what, just give it to Tom. Let's just let's close this thing out. Let's just solidify greatest of all time. No more doubt. No more questioning. Let's just let him sail off, having gotten all the accolades, having done all the impossible thing. Clearly the guy sold his soul to the devil. We get it. You're the greatest. Cool. Please go away. But I'm not. I'm not that person. I'm not going to do that. I want him to lose. I just do. I want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose and to suffer for beating the Packers. I want Tom Brady to walk off in defeat. And uh, again, I don't hate Pat Mahomes enough to uh, to wish them to lose. I think they've earned it. I think they're a dominant team. I think they're the most dominant team that I've ever seen. The fact that losing by eight points is about as bad as it's gotten since Pat Mahomes has been the quarterback there makes them easily the most dominant team. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about three years running. Are, are we in ever territory yet? So they've earned it. They deserve it. Pat Mahomes is the guy. Great. Go Pat. That's where I'm at. That's my whole thought on the Super Bowl. Otherwise, again, super excited to be done with it and to move on to more important things like the offseason starting tomorrow. But anyways, thanks for hanging out with me on episode 1000. I do wish it was a better day. I wish I was cheering and celebrating, but it's just a whole lot of negative nonsense. So we're going to sift through it. Hopefully Packer fans can grow up and move on shortly. Stop crying about Joe Barry. Maybe go learn about Joe Barry. Go f- go learn a thing about him. One thing, other than how good his team was while he was the defensive coordinator. Figure out one other factoid. But you guys have yourselves a fantastic Super Bowl. Hopefully you are safe and responsible and eat a lot of delicious foods. And if you are up north as I am, please be uh, very careful with the cold being as horrible as it is. But I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.